Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you from St. Louis, Missouri. The Oilers and the Blues tonight. That is a 630 puck drop Edmonton time face-off show beginning at 5 with Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, and myself. Guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99 Jasper Avenue. I tell you that uh, Roos Chris is open for lunch uh, through this Friday this week, and it's a great place for a Christmas party. Uh, reach out to Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor and tell them that Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, we're going to head off to our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We welcome back to the show regular Wednesday contributor on Oilers now, Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Ah, you know, living the dream day by day. In, that sort of stuff. Living the dream in St. Louis. I love it. I, yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, a little problematic at times, but that's because I, I don't know if people know this, but St. Louis, uh, the the players swear by it, uh, and there's a there's a bunch of parts just out part of the outside of the city that are great, uh, but there are also some challenging parts of St. Louis, Missouri. So, is that a fair assessment? Do you think? Uh, yes, the challenging parts are well documented of Missouri, but it is a good place, and players have settled historically that have played for that organization in the area. And it's even become a bit of a hockey hotbed because of that as we look at all those familiar NHL family names that have children that have come out of there. So it's been an interesting well, all you uh, do is interesting story. Yeah, absolutely. And look no further uh, than the 2016 NHL draft, right? I mean, I think where there's six kids in that draft year from uh, the St. Louis area that ended up uh, going uh, or, you know, from that, that sort of filtered through the program. And obviously Matthew Kachuk was uh, a highlighted guy that uh, his, was a tremendous pick for the Calgary Flames. And he went sixth that year. But I'm just thinking who else uh, was from St. Louis that ended up going in that draft? Clayton Keller. Um, yeah. uh, Logan Brown, who went 11th. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was a good good run. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here a bit. Okay. All right. Who was better? You played against both guys. Who is better, Larry Robinson or Dennis Potvin? That is a tough question. I was mostly so scared every game I ever played against the the New York Islanders when Dennis played. (laughs) uh, I I never worried about Dennis Potvin. I couldn't get by Nystrom or Gillies or the rest of that crew, but uh, I ended up playing with Larry or being in a training camp with him and getting to know him. I have such great respect. I would say that Dennis obviously um, you know, I'd probably give him the nod a little bit and I am friends with Dennis as well, but uh, I really like Larry. He is just an absolute gem of a human being. So I'd say Dennis but Larry would be the more favorite guy for me. I asked the listeners actually, uh, and I, it's the way I phrased the question. I asked the listeners who is the better, who is the best defenseman of the back half of the last seventies or nineteen seventies? Because obviously Bobby Orr was on a different sort of planet, you know, but he didn't play uh, much after the seventy four seventy five season. And I think from seventy five to seventy nine, the Canadians were winning the cups, and Larry was part of the big three. I think in that window, he was the best defenseman in the league. But by the time the nineteen eighties rolled around, the Islanders winning those cups from seventy nine, eighty three, even in eighty three, eighty four, you know, Potvin I think went about plus fifty that year. Uh, Potvin was probably the best defenseman of the first half of the nineteen eighties, and then you can make an argument that Paul Coffey might have been the best defenseman in the back half of the nineteen eighties. So, I, I just mentioned Brian because we saw Larry today, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, terrific person, great guy, and and real subtle approach to to making. You know, he played a factor, as you know, he's the one that suggested to Craig Berube to put uh, Bomeister and. Pareko together, and the rest is history in terms of a shutdown pairing for the Blues organization. Yeah, one of the uh, you always have things you regret. Larry wasn't working when I was in Tampa, and he never called me, but somebody else did, and we never connected on it. And I and I have often thought, boy, I wish we had had Larry in the organization. He's just the knowledge and wisdom that that guy has, the way he carries himself. Uh, I agree with you 100%. More instrumental in the St. Louis Blues getting over the hump than certainly any fan in the National Hockey League would realize. I saw him at the finals, obviously, last year, and uh, every time he saw me, he bought me a coffee or whatever. He's just a class guy. That's all you can say about Larry, and he is a great communicator, and he was very very instrumental in my opinion for the Blues winning the Cup. Do you believe Brian that the St. Louis Blues can repeat as champions? Um, there's some things I really like about their team like when I look at the league right now I think there's three and a half teams that have separated themselves Washington, Boston Colorado and then that half is St. Louis. And I and I say that because I really think there's four, and they should be it. At times, it hasn't been as good, but uh, there's just they're the defending champs. What happened last year was magical. When I dig deeper into it, 
everybody remembers the fight they had last year. You may have seen between Sanford and Bertuzzo. And I was talking to one of their players recently, and I said, how did you guys rectify that? What happened? And generally you hear, you know, the senior leadership of the team takes control of a situation like that. Not really the case. It was more the younger guys got together and said, what the hell are we doing? How are we going to win if we're fighting ourselves? And, and why are you shoving your glove in the face? And it was just one of those meetings that was a hallmark moment for the organization. And it was led, believe it or not, by my understanding, by Jordan Bennington. Probably the last guy you would guess, Bob. There's so many great stories that came out of St. Louis last year. Um, but it's some of the things underneath that, that really drive you to success, drive you to that level of commitment and selflessness you need to have. When I review or hear stories like that about an organization, I say they always have a chance to win, particularly with the personnel they have. So it'd be incredibly difficult, in my opinion, for them to repeat. And yet I think that they certainly will find their way to the final four in the West, and then anything can happen. Well, we're joined by Brian Watt from the NHL Network and the Blues last year started the year 17-20-4 at one point uh, it is well known that Blues general manager Doug Armstrong uh, made it known to his peers in the league that several players could be potentially available instead he stuck with his group they got winning Bennington turned it around that specific incident that you mentioned uh, also involving Bertuzzo and Sanford did it not come right after Bartuzzo had lost, I think, his mother. Like it, the the timing of it was, uh, I, I know I saw that story and I was like, wow. I, and I, hey, I'm not stupid. I know team. I mean, look, I've watched teammates fight before. Uh, it happens in practice once in a while. Not often anymore. Probably not often as much as it happened when you played, Brian. No, no, it didn't. We would have uh, twenty fights a year on our team when I was in Minnesota and. Every player would get in one, and Gordy Roberts would get in 20. <laughs> kind of a running joke. <laughs> but that's just the way it was. And I don't know if Gordy felt it was his job or just his personality, but everybody fought Gordy at one point over every season. <laughs> but you don't see it as much anymore, and the world's changing. We're seeing that recently with everything that's happened. And uh, that's a lot of leadership for young players to take. Uh, but, boy, when you have that, that doesn't show up in any stat sheet. There's no analytics for it, but it is pure gold for building a winning hockey team. And a lot of it is just, you know, the stroke of luck that you have the right players. And you stay healthy. And, and, and. We're joined right now by Brian Lott. So you've got Colorado. So you think there's three and a half teams. you got Washington and Boston. And Boston's taken on a little bit of water here of late. Uh, but you've got Colorado. Uh, imagine what would have happened if they would have gotten Taylor Hall. They did not, and we'll get to that in a second. But why do you have the abs there, Brian? Uh, to me, they're a team that's getting better over the year, and they have strengthened themselves. You know, their their summer acquisitions were as good as anybody's that I've seen in a long time, and it does prove that you don't always have to have the splashiest you move out Tyson Berry and you get Kadri back uh, Barakowski you know he was passed up by Verana who's a very good younger player than him a younger version of what he's supposed to be 
And a lot of teams shied away because the qualifying offer was in the threes. And he's been sensational. And then you look at even the character guys and keep going with the changes they've made. Uh, they're getting some nice play from Graves. You know, you need all these things to come together, and it really has this year for the Abs. And then you top that off as we're talking about character with your star player coming out and saying, and this is really gold for your organization as well. Yeah, I'd take less money to play here and win, especially in a cap world. That's really valuable and impressive. Yeah, they're uh, they're fast, and think of how slow they were, Brian, three years ago. You know, they're a fast, deep team up front. Um, it was interesting with Tyson Berry, but they got Kale McCarr, and he's been out a bit. And, I mean, they had not points in nine straight games before the loss outright to St. Louis the other night. All right, let's get to it. Taylor Hall trade, your thoughts? Yep. Uh, I think that... I was surprised that New Jersey pulled the trigger at the time they did. I understand the trade freeze is coming up on Friday, but it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I had talked to a lot of the teams that were in on it, and after listening to the offers, I even tweeted, boy, I'd be surprised if this one gets done before the trade freeze. Of course it does. I don't know what the genesis behind being in a hurry was other than maybe Ray Shiro was concerned about injury. Maybe he was concerned about bringing a player back in once you sit him out a few games. I don't know. I haven't spoken to Ray about that. But um, I think they did fine, although I think it's a better deal from Arizona's perspective in terms of what they paid, in terms of where Arizona is actually at right now. I'm not sure it's great. So it's one that you can slice up a lot of different ways. Um, Taylor is a polarizing player for a lot of people. And I think that he will have, he will do what you expect him to do. It's yet to be determined, with the exception of last night's win, if he can drive the Coyotes to winning on a nightly basis. So, surprise New Jersey didn't get more. Good deal for Arizona. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Arizona, not 100% sold that it makes Arizona significantly better. Do you think he ends up resigning there? That, that's good. You, there. I, you I do not think he. he no. Okay. Um, is this proof that revenue sharing works? Or is, uh, because you can imagine as a guy in Edmonton who, you know, during the days of the Edmonton Investors Group, the AIG, 
when they used to get that Canadian assistance program uh, money for three years, three million bucks, the Oilers weren't in the bidding for top flight players. And Arizona, if you go to the top of cap friendly today, and it's a little bit deceiving uh, because Toronto's actually spending more money on players this year than Arizona. But Arizona's a cap team, and they've got Phil Kessel and uh, Taylor Hall in the last year. Uh, so one argument is, see, this is proof that revenue sharing works. And another argument might be, this isn't what revenue sharing was intended for, or was it? <laughs> I'd like to get, like, there are different ways to look at this, Brian. Uh, as, yes, there, there is. But what's your definition of if revenue sharing works? If it is, well, we want competitive balance throughout the league, then it's a grand slam. Yes. Because we never had there you go. a more balanced league, with the exception of New Jersey and Detroit. Even L.A. is playing better. I would have had them in that group a week or ten days ago. Um, but other than that... You've got these four super teams, and then you've got a group of, I would say, another 10 teams that are better than the rest. And then the rest of the league is, is grouped together. And maybe it's only eight after the top four. So think 12 teams, I'd say, are concrete playoff teams. And then teams 13 through 27 could make the playoffs. That's incredible to me at this stage of the season. And I think we'll probably be able to say that at the end of January, which is even more incredible. So if your criteria is revenue sharing, a salary cap system will make the league more competitive, it absolutely is an A-plus grand slam. Well, and also just the fact that you have a team in Arizona, and I don't even want to speculate in the numbers. Um, is it fair to say they've probably received $150 million over the last 15 years? Last 15? Yes, absolutely. It's fair to say that. Okay. So they've been uh, propped only up. the NHL League office could tell you that, but I would tell you that I would, with a 98% certainty, say that's correct. Yeah. And so uh, they're in the game. And that's, you know, and, and, and again, if it works the advantage of the market that you're in, you're happy with it. If you're one of the, like, I, I know you probably years ago in the early 2000s wouldn't have thought that Edmonton would have been a revenue contributor in revenue sharing at that time, but they have been uh, with the exception of one year since the lockout uh, back in uh, 0405, and that was the 15-16 season, and that had a lot to do with the Canadian dollar being depressed around 72%. It was the last year of Rexall Place as well, but uh, it's interesting stuff. I mean, it's just it's uh, it's it was an interesting trade and I cross-referenced, Brian, the Braden-Shen trade because Philadelphia got a, a number 29 and a number 13th overall pick as a result of uh, the trade that sent uh, Shen to St. Louis. It's two, you know, they got two picks, and you look at, theoretically, Arizona's definitely given up a number one. We know that. Will it be a third, a second, or a first? If Hall doesn't resign, it can be no better than a second. We'll see on the prospects. I, I I don't think Arizona gave up a ton, but if Hall doesn't sign in Arizona, we might look back at this and go, well, wait a sec here. Maybe they gave up quite a bit for a rental. Uh, it'll hinge for me on how the team finishes. I'm one of the people that believes that Arizona has been above average lucky goaltending-wise and that hmm. they are due for some regression to the bean. 
Um, if Taylor can change the equation as far as them scoring goals on a nightly basis and it works, then I'm okay with it. If it doesn't, then it was a mistake. It's not to the level that we saw last year in Columbus where I thought that was just incredibly foolish for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know I can make a case from their side, too, that they needed to win a playoff round. They needed to get the market excited, this, that, or the other thing. I still think it was stupid. I really do. Interesting. Hold on to Interest. all the assets they did. Yep. I do. I do. But that's part of the problem with managing clubs is that you have conflicting goals. Are we going for the long term health of the organization or are we going for the short term need? Columbus felt that they needed to do something spectacular, and lo and behold, they did. They swept the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had a historic season. That was spectacular, but they still lost in the second round. And they lost who I think is the only other winger that I really feel great about saying right there with Alex Ovechkin and Artemi Panarin. And they got nothing in return. And that's that's crazy to me. We could get into DeShane and DeZingle and on down the line. But, uh, you know, those are the, the, the biggest mistakes that ownership groups make in the National Hockey League is not signing their general managers for longer term and taking some of the short-term pressures off them. That is a mistake. You end up with management that has different goals than what they should be doing, and it turns out to be a disaster. We could possibly say the New Jersey Devils are in a bit of a conflicted position right now because Ray Shero has been there for five years. Ray has won two Stanley Cups. He's an accomplished general manager, and yet you have to feel there's some pressure there obviously we saw what happened over the summer last year where they were very very active a lot of activity gonna have a big season didn't go that way mvp player traded what's the goal now those are tough tough jungles to navigate for ownership is it fair to say brian as we wrap up our uh touchback safety guest of the day today is brian lawton based on your comments do you think the right course of action for Edmonton was not to give up too many assets to go get Taylor Hallett? I think it would have been insane for Edmonton to trade for Taylor Hall at this point in time. Now, it may not be insane to sign him if they somehow come up with the cap space after the year if he doesn't re-sign with the Arizona Coyotes, but I would have thought that Ken Holland lost his mind if he had traded for Taylor Hall. Even at returns that were not high returns it is not the right time for the Edmonton Oilers to do that I know how close the league is and the toughest thing to do is to have patience and everything I just said applies and the good news is that ownership in Edmonton has a really good GM that gets the big picture Brian we always appreciate your time Uh, we'll hook up next week okay my pleasure Bob thank you You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell you that you can join Oilers now on a great road trip to the city of Chicago to see the Oilers and the Hawks. This package includes uh, great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly. Sometimes we have some really special guests, some great guests over the years, better than the guy that uh, hosts the event. 
plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Field. So for the Oilers now, Chicago Road Trip, call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. We're mer- going to merge a couple breaks here. It's 1254 at Edmonton, still to come on today's show. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. John Shannon, our NHL insider. We just heard from Brian Lawton, and I think he did a great job of... Uh, uh, sort of summarizing the different perspectives and challenges that uh, general managers have. Uh, we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.